Welcome to the Holmes Politicast. Um, we have a busy show today. A lot of things on the agenda. This actually is going to be the last um, uh, uh, Politicast of Trump's presidency. I'm not exactly sure what we're going to talk about because Trump is always doing, tweeting, or saying something outrageous or crazy, and then the Democrats do tweet or say something equally outrageous, and so it keeps for a lively um, show. So next week, of course, um, it'll be Biden's getting inaugurated, and uh, I'll talk a little bit about that and some of the issues, but talk about a little bit about his inaugural address and his outline, and I, maybe, I guess, if there's anything interesting to say in it. There very likely won't be, but um, but after that, in two weeks, I'm not exactly sure. We got to hope that something interesting happens here in Michigan or in the country. Uh, I will say that uh, when I got ready to record today, I had a number of my family and friends, when I told them I was doing the show today, saying, don't lose your temper today. And uh, yeah, that it's good to know people are listening and um, and and give me a hard time. Yeah, I was a little upset last week. Actually, I was a lot upset last week. There were a lot of issues going on, not personal ones, but just and and I, I apologize for uh, not making my points very clear and just kind of ranting. So um, this week will be a lot more subdued, you know, because, you know, it is what it is. Uh, there's we can we can bring up issues and stuff, but there's not really much we can do to control them. A lot of these issues are beyond our control. So mostly we just laugh about them, bring them to your attention. But um Anyway, so we'll be a lot more subdued today. Um, there's a couple of, of things coming out. Uh, you've probably heard by now that former, former Governor Rick Snyder is being brought up on charges concerning the Flint water crisis. Um, and uh, I don't know what all the charges are, and I haven't had a chance to really do a deep dive into it. So I can't say whether the charges are appropriate or if it's just political. Um, but they will have a trial. Okay, Judge Odette. I don't know. Oh, Christopher Odette. He's a judge, I guess. And he set a pretrial hearing with a Judge Crawford for January 19th at 8.30 a.m. So that's next week. And... We'll be keeping an eye on that. That's going to be really interesting because there has, first of all, there's been very few cases of governors around the country who've been held to any account or any criminal liability for anything they did while they were governor. Typically, the charges are never filed after they leave office. So that's the first thing. And secondly, in Michigan, We've had a really good record with our governors of never having been charged with crimes and never having gone to jail. Uh, I'm not saying that this will happen with Snyder, but 
I'm just saying this is a first for Michigan to have a former governor um, being on trial for anything. So, um, so that's definitely one for the history books, and we're going to keep uh, we're going to keep an eye on that to see what happens, um, and let you know what is going on with that. Um, all right, we have this is a little more along with the national politics of of right now but but the Detroit Free Press is reporting that uh, a group plans an armed protest at the Michigan Capitol on Sunday so that is a disturbing um, well from the headline it sounds disturbing I mean it who knows who knows here's let me read what the Detroit Free Press is saying about this. Uh, it's um, from uh, Paul Egan. He's a pretty good guy, so we'll have to see. I have to see what he has to say about it. And it's from January 14th of 2021. It says, the self-described militia group is planning an armed demonstration at Michigan's Capitol on Sunday, according to a report from a Detroit TV station. Michael Lacamar of the Southeast Michigan Militia said his members will be armed and do not expect any trouble, but will defend themselves if necessary, Fox 2 of Detroit reported. Lacamar could not immediately be reached for comment. He told Fox 2 his group has a number of concerns, including how the state handled the November 3rd election and the state restrictions that have been put in place in response to the coronavirus pandemic. The Michigan State Police has stepped up its visibility at the Capitol in Lansing after the deadly January 6th riot at the U.S. Capitol in Washington, D.C., and after the FBI issued a bulletin warning of possible armed demonstrations at state capitals around the country in advance of President-elect Joe Biden's January 20th inauguration. The Michigan Capitol Commission plans to erect a six-foot-high chain-link fence around the Capitol on Friday on the recommendation of the Michigan State Police. Vice Chairman John Truscott said, the temporary fence will be close to the building, allowing access to the Capitol lawn, he said. Governor Gretchen Whitmer said Wednesday she is not aware of a specific threat against the Capitol, but is communicating with law enforcement. We'll be prepared for any groups who show up on Sunday, Michigan State Police spokeswoman Shannon Banner said to Thursday. It's hard to say at this time who, what, who to expect. It's not uncommon for groups to gather at the Capitol without a facilities use permit. The permitting process allows Capitol facilities to accommodate requests such as electrical and other logistical needs and assists with pre-planning and space allocation, but it's not a requirement for being on the lawn. Okay, I'm glad Paul Egan cleared this up for us because the uh, it sounded very nefarious, that headline. So when you do a deep dive into it, you see that really it's there are going to be people there with weapons, but it's legal. They're not planning any violence. They're not proposing any violence. They're just protesting, and they just happen to have weapons with them on them. They have weapons on them. Um, I 
really don't see why that's news because there's nothing illegal about what they're doing. Protesting is not a crime. Having weapons is not a crime in Michigan. So they're just fulfilling their first and second amendment obligations. Uh, they have a right to peaceably assemble and they have a right to keep and bear arms. So I'm not sure why the media is trying to whip up a frenzy that somehow we're on the brink of insurrection and revolution and our entire constitutional uh, democracy is about to fall apart. Uh, it's not happening, guys. There were some crazy people at the Capitol last week. Absolutely. No doubt. Full stop. They were nutcases. And, you know, storming the Capitol like that, they did some damage. They, and again, I don't mean to minimize it and make it sound like what they did was no big deal. Yeah, I mean, they were trespassing and it was a scary thing for for uh, the members of Congress and they destroyed some, as a historian, yeah, they destroyed doors and and, you know, historic doors and things that, have been around, you know, for hundreds of years, which is just irreparable. Um, and that's sad to me. But they didn't do any outright damage as far as burning down the Capitol or anything like that. I mean, again, I, I even hate to get into it because it makes it sound like I'm saying that what they did was perfectly fine and I would have done it too if I was there. I mean, that's not true. They were wrong. They were wrong to do it, absolutely. And they should be prosecuted. But don't make it out like this was the British burning down the Capitol in 1814. You know, they were overzealous and people died as a result of it. And it's unfortunate, but um, we're not on the brink of revolution in this country. People don't fall for the nonsense. They're just, they're either trying to scare people so they can have more control or they're just, trying to milk the last few days of Trump's presidency because boring Biden is going to be in there and it's going to be a pretty dull four years uh, for the press because Joe Biden and Kamala Harris can do nothing wrong. So what are they going to report on? So they got it, you know, so it's possible. It's one of the two. They're either setting it up for more totalitarian um, government measures uh, you know, after Biden gets in, that they can take more control, or they're just trying to milk it for all it's worth, or maybe it's a little bit of both, trying to milk milk the last days of Trump's presidency by making it sound like we're on the brink of disaster and we're only uh, hours away from from having a dictatorship. Um, none of which is gonna happen. None of which is likely to happen. There's absolutely zero chance that that will happen. Zero. Not even. There's not even a chance, not even a 1% chance. It's zero. It's all over. There are a few people who haven't accepted the election results, and they may never. But a majority of people, whether they agree with it or not, have accepted that on January 20th, Biden is going to be inaugurated. It's not, it's not rocket science. And there's no real harm to our republic because of it. So this, this is just another example. Um, I like Paul Egan, but the Detroit Free Press is a problem. They, they, they do stuff like this all the time, trying to whip people up into a fury. Um, and it's very possible, considering how um, news, news editors work, that 
you know, they, they had some say in this, you know, um, in changing the story, or at least the headline. The story itself doesn't sound too crazy, but the headline does. So, um, anyway, yeah, it's it, there's nothing to worry about here. The other thing that I am curious about is putting up all that fencing around state capital. I, I, I was under the mistaken impression that, wa that walls don't work. And so I'm not exactly sure what the point of putting this fencing around the Capitol is since people can just climb over it or go around it or charge it. I mean, there's any number of things that I heard that people could do to get by a fence and a wall. So I'm not exactly sure what the wisdom of putting that around there is. But anyway, um, there's really no point in trying to find logic in anything that the government does, and particularly that the Democrats do, because there really is no logic to it. There is no rhyme or reason. There is no method to their madness. They just behave like fools. And, you know, there's not really anything that we can do about it. It just, it's just in their DNA. Um, they're just lunatics. And, you know, you just have to accept that there's, uh, you know, that there's two parties in this country, those who love our country and those who belong in a mental asylum. Uh, you know, what more can you do? You know, you just got to accept it. Um, and a little bit of good news I wanted to share before we get into the other big news of the week is uh, that Chick-fil-A has opened two new restaurants in West Michigan. One will be in Norton Shores and the other one is in Kalamazoo. And the chicken chain, straight away from tradition, donating its first 100 vouchers to frontline heroes instead of customers. They also donated $50,000 to local food banks. Well, that is wonderful. Yeah, um, Chick-fil-A is a good place. It's a good, uh, it, it's got good food too. I mean, I'm not, uh, I started to say it's a good Christian organization, good family atmosphere and all that, but um, but I wouldn't expect you to go to a place that has uh, bad food just because it's a good, because it's run by decent people. Um, Chick-fil-A has both. I mean, it's a really good organization to uh, um, to patronize, and it also is really excellent as far as food and 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 they show you. I mean, they're closed on Sundays. You know, they put their faith over profit, and that's not hurt them. They're still doing gangbusters. They're doing absolutely phenomenal. You know, where other other restaurants are trying to stay alive and stay afloat by staying open seven days a week and keeping their employees working on Sundays and having to choose between their faith and, and a paycheck, you know, and, and Chick-fil-A hasn't done that. And, and they've been doing phenomenally. So that's another bit of rare news. I saw that and I thought, you know, I, especially after last week, we, I need to talk occasionally about some good things going on. So if you're in North Shores or in Kalamazoo, there, there is a new Chick-fil-A, and I would definitely, if you haven't tried it, you should definitely try it. It's an amazing organization, amazing food. And, uh, yeah, and it's just a great organization. They give back to the community, and 
So when you're giving to Chick-fil-A, you're actually giving back to your community. So it's just, you're paying it forward. You're helping them help other people. So it's, it's just amazing. And no, Chick-fil-A did not sponsor this ad or uh, it's not a paid promotion and they're not a sponsor. This is just from myself. Uh, so, and I really hate to go off that note to another negative, but uh, you can't really ignore the fact that this week, Donald Trump was impeached again, again, for the second time. This is turning into a yearly thing. Um, I'm interested in seeing if next year, even after he's out of office, if they will attempt to impeach a third time, because that would be a great trifecta for history. Just It could become a tradition, just like Martin Luther King Jr. Day or uh, Labor Day, we can have impeach Trump Day. Just every year we can celebrate it with another impeachment of Donald Trump. You know, we'll get all the kids together to gather around the TV so we can watch Nancy Pelosi and her gang of thieves impeach the president yet again. Or impeach the former president at this point. Yet again. It'll you know, we can pass it down from generation to generation. And when and when Trump dies, we can start impeaching Don Jr. and then Ivanka and Eric and we can just go on the line all the way through Barron because that I mean that that's a good another Maybe 100 years there? Well, maybe not 100 years, but you know, it's a good long time. Of course, Nancy Pelosi will still be kicking up there at the Capitol because she's never going to leave. Um, so, uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be a fun time. Let's just let's just do this every year. Every every January we can impeach Trump. Now, I, I don't know what they think they're going to accomplish. I actually I'm not good at making predictions, as you can tell. Anybody who's watched listen to this show knows that I am not very good <laughs> in my predictions lately. Like I used to be spot on when I was a kid or a teenager in early twenties. I used to be spot on. I could usually figure out the mood of the country and like, you know, I think this candidate's going to win or, you know, whatever. But I, I've not been able to predict very well. I really thought the Republicans would win in Georgia. You know, I thought that Donald Trump would win in the presidential election. So I'm not, I'm not good at this sort of thing, but I don't think that he will be convicted in the Senate, Donald Trump. I don't think he'll be convicted this time, just like last time. I don't think he'll be convicted. There is one caveat, though, that I've been hearing, and that is that Mitch McConnell is mulling over whether or not he wants to vote to convict. And I don't know how reliable it is, but sources have been saying that if Mitch McConnell chooses to uh, convict, then it's a whole new ball game, because a lot of senators, if they see, I guess they play monkey see monkey do. If Mitch McConnell votes to convict, then a number of his little ducklings will uh, then say, "Well, then, oh, okay, yeah, I'll do it too. I'll do it too," you know. But if Mitch McConnell says he won't convict, then they'll say, "Oh no, I'm not going to convict." Uh. Uh-uh. So I'm not exactly sure why. They follow Mitch McConnell like that, but according to these sources, it it doesn't mean Trump will be convicted, but it means that it's up in the air. He very well could be convicted if Mitch McConnell votes to convict. But if Mitch McConnell refuses, then there's no chance Trump will be convicted. So I don't know. I don't see how they would convict him. I don't see why they would convict him, especially since the trial isn't going to take place until after he's left office anyway. It seems to me, and this is just my humble opinion, 
that uh, the impetus to get rid of him will not be there if he's out of office. That now it'll just be kind of like, like there's a lot of momentum going right now, but after he's out of office, a lot of these Democrats and disaffected, dis, disenchanted Republicans will breathe a sigh of relief, say, okay, good, that's gone. You know, he goes into the dustbin of history. And now let's move on to Biden's agenda. And there won't be that that desire to go and, and have a trial and remove, you know, and, and take away Secret Service and take away, you know, all this. I think I, I just it just seems to me that the momentum will be gone at that point. And so he won't be convicted like maybe. And I, I'm not saying that would happen, but maybe if the impeachment were on Monday, there may be more of a chance because he's still in office. Say, let's get rid of the guy. Let's just be done with this. Let's start fresh with Biden. Um, but but to wait until after January 20th and possibly, possibly 100 days they're talking, there's some discussion as to whether or not they want to get Biden, his cabinet, and, and like the $2,000 checks and all this out first and then impeach him. If, they, if that's the case, then yeah, I don't see any chance, any scenario where they would convict Trump in the Senate. Because after 100 days, nobody cares. I mean, you know, I mean, like I say nobody cares, but I mean, a majority of people have moved on. They're more concerned with other issues facing the country than let's go back and retry a president who's already left office. You know, um, it, I mean, I, and I'm not talking morally or legally because I know that in the case of like uh, Medgar Evers, the civil rights activist who was who was shot and killed in the 1950s, I believe. It was either the 50s or early 60s. He was shot and killed, and they came back. They found the murder, and they reach, and they tried him in the 1990s. So I'm not saying there's no precedent for going back and trying somebody who committed a crime years or even decades earlier. I'm not talking about whether he should be or shouldn't be or whether it's legal or not. I'm saying there won't be a stomach for it because the crimes he committed allegedly, if any, were not horrendous in nature like murder. And so through the passage of time, people aren't going to see the um, – they're not going to be afraid. They're not going to see the urgency. You know, it would be like going back and trying to try – people for the Iran-Contra scandal or, you know, a lot of people today don't even remember the Iran-Contra scandal. They don't know the details of it. You know, it was, it was a, a scandal that took place during the Reagan presidency. People would be like, that's old history now. Why would we want to go back? It's all done. It's all, it's all over. It's long in the past. Why would we want to go back and now, you know, revisit that after all this time and, and sully, you know, President Reagan or President Bush's name by going through it and trying to determine whether they should have their rights, even though they're dead, but we could take away their, uh, you know, presidential libraries. We could take away anything honoring them. I mean, there's things you could do. Do we really want to go through that over something that happened in the 80s? And no, there's no stomach for it. It's the same thing. The longer time passes, the more people will look back and be like, I don't know if he really did anything wrong. I mean, it wasn't that big a deal. Yeah, he didn't accept the results of the election, but you can't hold him accountable for what some idiots did. And 
you know, I mean, I just, I, it just seems to me the longer this thing delays, the less likely they'll vote to convict. Um, if they do it right after, like if, like let's say January 21st, they start it, there's more of a chance, although I don't think it'll happen, but because it's still fresh in everyone's minds, but the longer they wait, if they wait a hundred days, I mean, we'll be on to bigger things. There'll be national security disasters. There will be, um, you know, domestic issues. There's going to be a lot of stuff going on that the people are going to say, let's focus on our attention on the things that are happening now instead of going back and trying to fix a problem that maybe never was, you know, from months ago. And the guy's not even in office anymore. And, you know, he's not really any harm to anybody at this point. So, um, and that's the way it should be, honestly. That's the way it should be. Because the go our government was not created to do quick overreaches and overreactions. The House does. The House does. Because they're very close to the people. But the idea is that you don't want tyranny of the majority. You don't want people to get angry today like a lynch mob where everyone, which is kind of similar to what happened in the Capitol. They were feeding off each other's excitement, their anger, their, you know, and someone breaks a window and next thing you know, they're, they're crawling through windows. And, you know, it reminded me a lot of an old time lynch mob where just nobody's thinking clearly. They're all just caught up in the moment. And that is the, what our country didn't want to create a situation where everyone's mad at Donald Trump, so let's impeach him, let's punish him to the fullest extent of the law, and then a month or two from now or a year from now, we look back and say, you know what, I don't know why we overreacted. It wasn't really that big a deal. You know, and that's how our system is supposed to work. The House impeaches, yes, but the Senate is supposed to take a while to deliberate, to think about it, to think, is this in the best interest of the country? Um, you know, they're supposed to be the people who hold up the, let's slow down, you know, hold up the hands and say, guys, all right, House members, let's slow down a little bit. Let's think this through. You know, we're going to need some time to deliberate on this. You know, um, we're not going to make any rash judgments that we're going to regret later. That's, that's the whole purpose of our system. And um, that is the, um, and that's why we have gridlock and that's why our, Government was created the way it is. The House passes bills and the Senate takes their time with them and hopefully disagrees with them so that only the best bills get passed. It's not just hand stamped, you know, from the House, then goes to the Senate, then the presidency, and boom, a bill becomes law. Um, you know, you're supposed to fight over them. You're supposed to only, only pass the best bills because it takes so long and it's so difficult a process to get a bill passed. And that's why it's such a difficult process to remove a president. I mean, you have to get two-thirds of the Senate to convict. And that's hard enough as it is. But, you know, so there has to be, you know, the House keeps saying there's a clear and present danger. Well, that's their, their right. But the Senate has to look at that and say, I agree. Um, so I don't think it's going to happen. But, um, but I've been wrong before. Another thing I thought of, and this is just me being kind of a jerk about it, but I'm surprised that, that Nancy Pelosi and her minions are working toward an impeachment. Um, I would have thought that they would have worked toward an impeachment. Um, I know, that's kind of a dumb thing. But I mean, 
she already violated all of, you know, she keeps talking about Donald Trump, referring to him as he and him, and he did this. And I thought last week they passed a resolution so that you had to use gender neutral terms in the Congress. You know, so I would have thought that anything with the word men, like impeachment, would have to be changed to something neutral or feminine, um, you know, to stab the patriarchy and, and really tear them down a little bit. Um, I know that was a little facetious, but it just, it's just a ridiculous thing that they were doing anyway. Um, I mean, anytime the Republicans do something stupid and, and they do, Republicans can be dumb sometimes. You can always count on the Democrats to do something even more stupid and ridiculous in return. I mean, that is, a law. It's a law of, of, of physics. Um, for every act the Republicans do that is idiotic, the Democrats will do an equally idiotic and more stupid uh, reaction. There will be an equally stupid reaction from the Democrats. Um, I, I don't. She, she said again, this is her last term as Speaker. I mean, she said that last time, to be honest with you. She said that when there was a big uh, fight two years ago on the floor about her being made speaker, she promised her caucus that that if they made her speaker, she would transition into, this would be her last her last um, stint as speaker, and she would transition into a new generation, and then she ran for speaker again. So she obviously has no intention of stepping down. But she's just a nut. She's just a lunatic, you know, from bending a knee wearing African garb and bending a knee to her constant, um, I, I don't know, just, I mean, you know all the things that Nancy Pelosi has done. I, I don't even need to go through them, but she's, she's just a lunatic and the house will be a much better place when she's no longer speaker. I mean, it'd definitely be better when she's gone, but, but, uh, um, anyway, so there's just being impeached again. I don't know what is happening with this, but it's just absolute lunacy, um, just plain idiocy. I, I don't even know what to think they're going to accomplish. Trump is probably going to go to Mar-a-Lago this weekend, and he probably won't be back. So I don't know what they think they're going to accomplish. They'll probably stay there because the inauguration's on Wednesday. The House and Senate are going to be out of session until the 20th. So there's not really any reason he needs to be back. There's not going to be any bills he needs to pass. There's no um, state visits, nothing he's got to do. Um, so I doubt he'll come back after he goes to Mar-a-Lago this weekend. Um, but so I really don't see any need for this in the last few days of his presidency. It just seems to me like a waste of time. There, are, the economy. We just had like nine hundred and seventy-five thousand unemployment claims just released this week. Nine hundred and seventy-five thousand. Oh my God, what is going on? We have. I don't know what the highest number was during the Great Depression, but I mean they probably had millions. I don't know though. 
even though I do study history, that's one thing I don't know is exactly what the unemployment numbers were during the Great Depression, um, at the peak of the Great Depression. But man, this is just getting pathetic. It's unsustainable. What are we going to do? I, I don't, you know, they talk, they're talking about the $2,000 check stimulus for every, every person. In America. I don't know if it's every person. Every, I don't know. Um, but that is unsustainable. I mean, we're talking trillions of dollars in new debt. How are we going to be able to keep doing this? And we do this right now. It's $2,000, even $2,000. Is that going to pay food and rent and clothing and, um, or mortgage, if you know, car payments, everything else for the next year? I mean, how often are we going to have to do this? Every couple of months, you know, more trillions of dollars more in debt. We can't sustain this. We can't, we can't sustain paying people to stay home. But as I've said many times, we can't not pay them if we're forcing them to stay home. You can't have an unfunded mandate. Tell people you have to stay home. You cannot work. And then say, if you, if you starve to death, well, that's your problem. You should have been working. Well, no, how, how, how does that go? They can't work. So you can't say, well, if you get thrown out of your house, too bad, you know, uh, you're the one who's forcing them to not be able to work. So what, you know, so you can't morally force people, force them, force businesses to close and have all these unemployed people and then say, you guys have to fend for yourselves, but you can't steal because that's illegal and you can't not pay your rent because that's illegal. And you can't, you know, you have to enroll your kids in school, you know, so you either have, you know, if the, the schools are closed down, you have to have a computer and you have to get some kind of a Zoom program and, you know, and you have to get unlimited internet and you have to do all these things, but we're not going to help you with that, but you have to do it. Uh, you, you just can't morally require these people to do something and not help them. You just can't do it. You can't do that legally. You can't do it constitutionally. You can't do it morally. But then at the same time, we fis fiscally can't keep paying people to stay home. So this is a recipe for disaster. I mean, we're talking uh, a absolute unmitigated disaster by the summer. There is no way we can sustain this. No way. And the unemployment numbers are not going to change overnight, even if we open up everything, because a lot of businesses had to close permanently. So there are no jobs for them to go back to. And you're not going to just, not like you're going to pull a switch and suddenly the American people are going to be out there spending like they were. And no, I mean, it's going to be a slow process. There's going to be a lot of people who are still going to be scared to go out in public because they've been stoking this fear for so long that there's going to be a lot of people who are going to say, Okay, the government said it's okay, but I'm going to wait another couple of months before I start going to movie theaters or before I start going to stores and shopping and going out to restaurants because I just don't know if it's if we're going to have the all clear. You know, I don't want to take that risk. So, and there's going to be a lot of people who because they've been unemployed for so long are going to take their first paychecks and just pay the very essentials. And then they're going to stuff the rest of that money either in the bank or under their mattress because they don't want to be caught like this again. What if everything shuts down again 
I need to have some money saved up so to, for my family in case in case we get shut down. So they're not going to be going out and buying TVs and new clothes and you know and and cars and all this other stuff. They're going to be hiding their money just in case they get shut down again. So they have money to pay their bills. So it's going to take a while for the economy to get started again. It's it you know it's like I don't know if you've ever seen a train, but you know when trains stop and they take off, they take off very slowly. They don't just all of a sudden go to 80, 90 miles an hour. It's like a, you know, and they just slowly move a little bit and a little bit and they chug along. And after a while, they finally start going faster and faster and pretty soon they're up to speed. But that's how our economy is going to be. It's going to be sluggish when we open up again. It's going to take a little while for it to take off because it it, it can't just go from everything is shut down to suddenly, you know, we're at the Trump numbers of, uh, you know, of just recently, you know, it's not going to happen. So we're talking a long time before our economy really starts to take off and, you know, months. Uh, I, I'm not going to predict years. It could, depending on what the Biden administration does, they could end up hampering the recovery. So it takes years, but if just given normal parameters, just normal things, it's going to take months for our economy to get moving again. So, you know, we're going to have large numbers of unemployment for a, for quite a while. Um, it'll get lower, but it's still going to be a large number of unemployed. And those people are still going to have struggles in how they're going to pay their bills and and things like that. I, I just, I, I know, I'm not trying to be a pessimist. I'm just saying that this is a problem that has to be addressed right now. And we don't have time for impeachment. We don't have time for fooling around. We've got to get the kind and, and really at this point, I don't think stimulus is going to work. I mean, it's helpful. Sure. I mean, I would love to get $2,000. I mean, that'd be wonderful. I'm not, I'm not knocking it and saying that they might as well not give us anything, but I'm just saying, but the idea that somehow this is going to be an end all, that they're going to give us $2,000 and then suddenly everything is going to be great is just ridiculous. The answer to everything is open up the country, open up our state. We need to get the economy moving. The sooner, the better. The sooner we get it moving, the sooner we can get into recovery. And we might be able to have a recovery by the summer. And we could make, we could, the summertime, people are traveling. Hopefully people will be traveling by that time. If the, if the economy starts chugging along and, and starts off slowly that maybe by the summer it'll be in full steam and then you'll have uh, people going out to eat they'll be going on vacations they'll be buying things getting boats going out on the beach they'll be you know whatever um, and hopefully our economy will start picking up at that point but you know we can't but that has to happen now in order for us to be open by summer we, we can't wait until March or April or May, and then start opening stuff up and expecting that over the summer, people are going to be, um, I mean, there will be a lot of people who will be out there. Don't get me wrong, but because we saw that even here in Michigan over the summer, there were a lot of people who were still having parties and things like that, but, but nothing to the extent where our economy is in shambles right now, even, even with that. So that alone isn't going to help. It's got to be everybody has got to be going out. And doing their part, and I, I, I think I mean this must be a, a, a capitalist uh, dream 
and maybe a woman's dream who loves shopping, but that shopping is going to be the most patriotic thing you can do for your country, spending money, you know, in order to keep our country afloat and our economy afloat, spend, 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 go out there and start spending money, going out to eat, going out to movies, going out, going on vacation, you know, buying your kids toys, buying clothes, buying, you know, that's what we'll need to do to get the economy going is spend, spend, spend. And they won't be able to unless they have secure jobs and don't have to worry that in a couple of months, everything's going to be shut down again. They've got to open everything up once and for all. And, um, and then we need to start spending, spending like there's no tomorrow. Um, that is my solution for, <laughs> for the next year. Be a capitalist, spend your money. Um, but anyway, so on that note, I guess I'm going to get off and I will, uh, see you next week for the uh, Biden inaugural. And we'll be talking about that and hopefully some more things that are happening in Michigan news. So with that, bye y'all.